0: You're listening to The Big Show with Patrick Dumas on Sportsnet 960,
1: The Fan. Big Show Hour 4 on your Thursday live from the Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. Worried about radon, we install custom mitigation systems to reduce your risk. To find out more, visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. Uh, we go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Gas hotline, doing uh, continuing our trip around Canada. Today, the Winnipeg Jets. And we're joined by Andrew, the hustler, Patterson from Winnipeg Sports Talk. Andrew, thank you so much for taking some out of your morning and, uh, and talking some Jets and, and some Winnipeg sports with me.
0: Hey, Patrick. Good to talk to you, man. Happy New Year.
1: Yes, Happy New Year to you as well, Huss. Uh, always a good chat with you. Uh, let's start with, uh, obviously, the, the big story with the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, maybe, like, obviously, they've been playing really well. 50 points haven't allowed three goals or less and uh, or, or allowed more than three goals in, in 26 games in a row now. But everyone's still talking about the Ryan Hartman fallout with Cole Perfetti, this rivalry with the, the Wild and the Jets that I think the rest of the NHL is finally getting introduced to because you can go back to 2018 and, and all their battles at the Wild and Jets, they don't like one another.
0: No, they don't. They hate each other, in fact. But uh, I will say that it is funny. And I mean, listen, Winnipeg is the smallest market in the NHL. Um, but Calgary would be closer to Winnipeg than New York or Toronto. Yep. And it is hilarious that the jets have been the best damn team in the national hockey league for two months. And this is what it took for people <laughs> to start talking about the Winnipeg right. jets. I mean, I'm kind of laughing about that. Um, uh, but I mean, we can get to kind of where the team is at right now, pushing for first in the West and uh, first in the central division as they go into uh, the shark tank tonight. But yeah, man, I mean, that, um, uh, Listen, as you kind of alluded to, there have been plenty of issues between these teams before. And,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, listen, you're in the same division. You play each other a lot. Um, this was bound to happen at some point. But this home and home series on the 30th and 31st of December, it completely boiled over. And, uh, I mean,. I think most people that don't have any skin in the game supporting the wild or jets would agree that the way the wild have gone about their business is um, pretty bushly, mm. but it brings out some big time dinosaur takes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> there was a, there was plenty last night on sports game. Yep. shout out to Jen bottle yep. for twisting those dudes into a pretzel last night on the panel. Um, but listen, Ryan Hartman's a rat. I don't know if the, there's no, no other way I can put it. The guy's been suspended three times. He's been fined seven times by the National Hockey League. And after the Jets answered the bell, not once but twice, mm-hmm. in fighting after something that, honest to God, what happened to Kaprizov yeah. and Brandon Dillon happens 25 times a game mm-hmm. in every NHL game. It was unfortunate. I'm not sure whether he was already nicked up or what, but... I mean, that was honestly an absolutely nothing play. If Kaprizov is doesn't miss a shift, that would never ever be mentioned even once. Um, and the overreaction to the situation has been laughable, to be honest. But you stop laughing when all of a sudden the kid like Cole Perfetti's getting a stick in the face mm-hmm. for absolutely no reason, unable to defend himself from a repeat offender like my like that Ryan Hartman and. I mean, as I said, there's been plenty of takes out there. Lots of people have had their say on the whole thing. But I guarantee you, I guarantee you, February 20th, when these two teams meet back in Winnipeg, um, people will be paying attention to the Jets, and they'll be paying attention to the Wild uh, that night. And I'm sure the National Hockey League kind of will like it. As long as things don't get really stupid, but I would argue they already got stupid when Hartman did what he did to Perfetti last week.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then, like, we'll get away from the Jets here, but just overall in the NHL, just it seems like the last three months, it's been a violent game. Like, I know it's a violent game. It's a physical sport. But there's some guys, like, they're... They're they're not like protecting each other out there. You have what Nick Cousins has been doing the last few weeks, and then like Jason Zucker taking a run, like, "Hey, Nick Cousins, we're not going to take this crap anymore," and now he gets suspended. Do you have a take on just like how like the, the like the physicality has just picked up, and like the players just don't seemingly care about one another out there? It feels like.
0: I would agree with you that it seems like there is a. I mean, listen, it's a rough, often violent game, yeah, and much of that happens within the rules. Um but there has been a lack of respect yeah. uh, amongst players in the NHL brethren to one another in some cases. I mean, I think there's a lot of teams that play tough and hard the right way. Um, and I think, for the most part, that's exactly the way that Jets have played. And that's a big mm-hmm. reason why they've been so successful. Um, but listen, Maurice always loves to have that. Speaking about cousins in Florida, Maurice always likes to have a team that plays right on the edge mm-hmm. And sometimes he's willing for it to go over. Um, Cousins is that guy. I mean, he has been—he's been running around like a bit of an idiot for a while lately. Yeah. And I mean, listen, I think Jason Zucker, who—I mean, Jason Zucker's a very different player than Ryan Hartman. Oh yeah, I mean, Jason Zucker is a guy that scored. He's well, and I mean, I, I have sort of some empathy for Zucker in the fact that. He saw a guy take a run, leave his feet, and hit his defenseless teammate in the head
1: mm-hmm.
0: and said, you know what, I'm not going to do any. I'm, I'm going to do something about it. And credit to Zucker for at least going in and hitting him. Now, it was someone behind and he Malachi crunched him into the boards. <laughs> but, I mean, it wasn't head first. He was right on the boards when he did it. I mean, um, as opposed to <laughs> high-sticking and unsuspecting yeah. player, um, and probably the smallest and least tough guy with all due respect to Cole Perfetti in the line. So, yeah, to your point, there's been a bunch of incidents. And, I mean, NHL player safety, I like, I don't know what it takes to wake any of those guys up in that <laughs> office. But, uh, Spin
1: a wheel, find well, out.
0: Uh, I, yeah, I- I- exactly. But, but I can tell you people in, in here in Winnipeg and from everything we heard from Elliot Friedman yesterday, I mean, the Winnipeg Jets were absolutely incensed. Yeah that a repeat offender like Hartman kind of got off with um, essentially a slap on the wrist and a very minor invoice um, for what happened in that game. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you know what? Listen, I I think Gary Bettman and Bill Daly are like, listen, as long as no one gets seriously hurt, Mm -hmm. this is great for business. Um, Unfortunately though, when these sort of things continue to escalate, eventually something stupid happens and, um, I mean, we've seen in the history of the game, Todd Bertuzzi, uh, et cetera, things can get really dangerous if um, guys run around like idiots and use their sticks to kind of avenge uh, perceived slights against their squad or teammates.
1: No, you're, you're exactly right there. So back to the Jets. They're at 50 points. They were the first one to hit to 50, and then Vancouver got to 51 later on in the night. But uh, nonetheless, they've been doing this without their best goal scorer, maybe their best offensive weapon in Kyle Connor, who was on pace for maybe a Rocket Richard this year. Uh, everyone else has been chipping in uh, in his absence. I think that was the most surprising thing. Like, okay, well, the Jets were good, but let's see how good they are without one of their best. And I think we're, we're really seeing that. And, the, and with that trade that they made in the summertime, both Velarde and I follow are playing great.
0: Oh man like it, it would take so long to kind of go down the list of all the guys that have been contributing to this run but in a nutshell Patrick the this version of the Winnipeg Jets is without a doubt the deepest team that Winnipeg's had since they came back to the NHL in 2011. Mm-hmm. But, well, I, mean, I guess you could probably give an argument to that 17-18 team that ran to the conference final. That was a deep team, especially after the Stastny trade. And, yeah. You know, you had Brian Little centering your fourth line. But what's, what's so exciting for Winnipeg fans <clears throat> is that this team um, plays the exact same way night in and night out. I mean, what's incredible about this is that their special teams have stunk this year. Mm. Like, their penalty kill has taken a big step back for me in a top 10 unit last year. And like, I don't think the first power play unit, which includes like Shifley and Ehlers and (laughs) Villardi and all the top players. I don't think they've scored since like mid December, but at five on five, this team absolutely dominates their opponents. And you know, it's funny. They had a ten one and two December. And you look at who they played, um, First of all, they lost to the San Jose Sharks in regulation. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that they played a bad game. Mackenzie Blackwood was unbelievable, made 40-odd saves that night, and they lost 2-1. That happened. The
1: Sharks have been like that uh, lately they've... to the Jets. Like, this version of the Sharks, they've been giving the Jets runs last two years.
0: You know, and you know what the funny thing is, man, is the Jets are playing in the Sharks tonight. Yeah, they're in tonight.
1: San Jose tonight. <laughs> Sa-
0: San Jose, since that 2-1 win over Winnipeg, is 0-9-0. So oh God. everyone here's just expecting. <laughs> oh, they're gonna end nerves, it, I think, and there probably shouldn't be. Um, but by no means, you know, sometimes you have a team that just doesn't show up, think that they're just gonna win a hockey game; and they don't have to be there for it. That that wasn't the case at no. all. Um, so they had a regulation loss to San Jose, and then they lost in overtime to the Blackhawks. Incredible goal by Connor yeah, Bedard, that was Bedard, and a power play goal against in overtime to the Habs. Th- those are the the, the three games where they didn't win and then you go down the list of teams that they beat Colorado a couple times a big comeback win in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. the Boston Bruins the Minnesota Wild twice I mean they have been doing it against quality opponents the Carolina Hurricanes um, you know Detroit so overall um, it, it is Put it this way, it is the kind of like, I think we all remember the Jets had a real nice start last year yes. under Rick Monis, and Best team in the really Western Conference
1: when the year turned.
0: Yeah, exactly, right around this time. Yep. Um, that being said, the record still wasn't as good as it is right now. Um, but if you kind of go back to what that team was doing and how they were winning games, comparing it to this year's team, there's no comparison of what is more sustainable. I mean, as I say, they're not doing it on the back of, listen, Connor Halibut's brilliant and his numbers are great. He hasn't had to work as hard this year as he had in past years because of what everyone is doing in front of him. And I mean, it's a credit to the coaching staff and Rick bonus and Scott Arneal. I mean, a lot of this really started while Arnie was behind the bench when Rick was away taking care of his wife, who, um, uh, you know, had a really unfortunate metal con- medical condition. Um, and, you know, it's that five on five play. I mean, they literally have dominated almost every team at five on five. They played for most of the year. And, that's the sort of thing that'll carry on into the playoffs. It'll carry on to the second half of the season. Um, and there's no one or two guys that are that are doing it. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, uh, when Kyle Connor got hurt, Ballardi moved up on that line with Ehlers and Shifley, yeah. and they were the hottest line in the national hockey league. Well, they've continued winning and that line's kinda of cooled off a little bit. And yesterday it was their last game, it was Ayafalo and Perfetti and Vlad Nemestikov. Yeah, Vlad The fourth agree. line has been unbelievable. And Adam Lowry, I mean, a lot of Calgary people know Adam Lowry as, a, as the native son. He has turned into not only one of the best two-way, third-line centers in the game. His line absolutely dominates possession, lives in the other team's end. And I think the other side of this is that he's turned into the absolute perfect captain for the Winnipeg Jets. Yes who really did need to move on from Blake Wheeler and not uh, the vibes that they say are immaculate right now with Winnipeg. They keep on winning. Everyone's having fun. And every single player on this team is uh, chipping in and being a part of it.
1: Talking to Andrew Patterson, uh, host over at Winnipeg Sports Sox just kick off a uh, West coast swing in San Jose, uh, tonight. Uh, Connor Hellebuck, third star of the month in December. Is it just the matter that he has as an old teammate back in Laurent Bressois? The Jets are comfortable with Brossois; they know his game, and that they can give Brossois more games to give Hellebuck a little bit more rest. Is that what we're seeing here with Hellebuck? Is like I think we just need to appreciate how great this guy is when it comes to like uh, the, like the whole war thing and analytics and what he means to the Jets. I don't think they're like there might be sure there's there's tons of players around the league that matter to their team, but. Is there anybody more important to a team than Connor Hellebuck is to the Winnipeg Jets?
0: Well, you know what? It's funny you ask that because I would have said to you, if you'd asked me in any of the last four or five years when Hellebuck has, you know, been winning the Vesna and helping the team make the playoffs and all that, I would have said, no, it's not even close. This year, surprisingly, I wouldn't say yet, Um, He's been phenomenal, and don't get me wrong. I mean, we kind of are spoiled, and I still can't believe the rest of these teams in the NHL thought that it wasn't worth taking a run at him <laughs> in the off season and saying yeah. what he wanted. Just look
1: around the but league right
0: losses. now. <laughs> so listen, there's a lot of there's a lot of NHL GMs, particularly in places like New Jersey,
1: up the and road Buffalo, here,
0: that are probably. Staying up late at night or losing sleep over the fact of missed opportunities. But again, credit to Kevin Chevalday for reading the room, going in there, getting that job done, and setting the Jets up for success for the next seven years. Um, but it goes back to my point about the way the teams played in front of them. Like, listen, when Hellebuck was winning the Vesna, I and mean, even last year, but especially the couple of years before Bonus got here, the Jets more often than not were a bit of a disaster in their own end. They consistently gave up the most or near the most high danger chances in the national hockey league. And Hellebuck had to be brilliant literally every night. And that was a big reason why he won the the trophy that year. That hasn't been the case this year. Um, I mean, I think it goes without saying, I mean, obviously the goalies have been good, but to go 26 straight games without allowing three goals or more than three goals and on more often than not two or less, everyone's, everyone's chipping in. And, um, this team is just playing with a whole new level of commitment to the defensive end guys like Mark Shifley, who justifiably I think were picked out for being somewhat, you know, one dimensional yep. in the past without a lot of care for what they were doing in their own end. Like our, our, one of the underreported stories of the year is just how committed and bought in Mark's been after signing that extension. Yep. It's almost like he had the weight of the world off his shoulders. You realize all right. There's no need to worry about a contract or anything anymore. He's made his decision. He's signed. He's got his bag. Now it's time to go win some hockey games. And he has been the best version of Mark scheich we've ever seen. And that might not include as many points, but I can tell you it's contributed to plenty more wins. Um, But back to Hallibach, he's been his usual brilliant self. But with a, a commitment to defense the way the team's playing in front of him, um, the results have come, and uh, to, to be frank, he hasn't had to be as brilliant night in and night out yeah. as he has been in previous years, but that's a good thing for the Jets.
1: No, you're exactly right there. And I, I know the one pairing that on the defense that's been really good is, uh, and it's, it's it's maybe a guy that's been, maybe the newest guy to the defense is Dylan Sandberg and what he's meant to this group, playing alongside Nate Schmidt. And just talk about that pairing because they're right up at the top among one of the best analytical pairings in in, uh, in the NHL.
0: Yeah. Well, Patrick, and I think we kind of talked on the, on your program heading into the season yeah. about, you know, the big questions about all the teams. And, I mean, the Jets, it was like, well, listen, they've made this trade with the Kings. They've really added. I mean, listen, you're losing Wheeler and Dubois, but you're bringing in players like Villardi and Ayafalo and Riders here. I mean, they should be good up front, but there were big question marks with the defense corps. And and again, I give the forwards a ton of credit for this because I think the way the team is playing has helped every member of the Jet Blue line. But people were ready to move on from Nate Schmidt. And listen, he does he is overpaid. I mean, he's still on a $6 million contract mm-hmm. and not what you want to be playing a third-pairing defenseman. Um, But when Billy Hainel got hurt right off the bat, like in the final preseason game and Nate had to go in, there was major worries about, yo, how is this pairing going to handle it? And not to mention Neil Pionk had a a lot of chaos in his game the last couple of years. um, And there was a lot of concern about him playing top four minutes. Both of those pairings have been consistently in the top of the league and the Sandberg Schmidt pairing number one for three months in goals against and expected goals Mm. against so far. So, Listen, it's uh, it's a perfect example of a team that you know I think shot itself in the foot a lot you know over the past few years with uh, some internal stuff and not everyone being on the same page when it comes to to really committing to do what it takes to win and with the exits from the room, the additions of really good guys, Adam Lowry being the captain, some great coaching, and and I think a group of guys saying you know what. We can be so much better than we've been. Mm -hmm. They've all bought in, and the success they've had has bred more of it. And uh, I'll tell you what, this is a team that that believes and has shown that they can beat anybody in the NHL right now. And come playoff time, if this keeps going, regardless of what may be added or not, because I know there's been a lot of talk about certain players in Calgary that might be great targets for the Winnipeg Jets in trade. Um, this team is going to be a tough out because you have a world-class goaltender, one of the best in the world. You've got a lot of talent, and now you've got a team that's playing and doing everything they can to give themselves the best chance to win. And uh, the wins have been coming.
1: I, and you mentioned it there, like obviously there was the like the Lindholm, like Winnipeg might be a team that's interested in Elias Lindholm or Colorado or whatnot. And then I I look at the lineup and you're like, oh well, yeah, just move Vlad Nemestikov out and you put Lindholm or whatever there in your top two as uh, your second line center. But it's like. Do you really want to upset the the balance of this team? Like Vlad Domestikov has been playing some of the best hockey of his career in this role. Like, what is it going to be? You move him down to the fourth line? Like, it's, it's a different type of role. And I think that's where Winnipeg and Sheveldayoff have to evaluate, like, maybe is second line center not the biggest thing? Maybe is a, a bottom pair defenseman or just some added depth what Winnipeg needs to do come deadline day? <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, we talk about this all the time on Winnipeg Sports Talk and certainly did at the beginning of the season. Like, okay, where is Chevy looking to improve the team? You know, what are the needs and wants? And, I mean, if you polled, you know, our listeners and viewers, 90% of them would have said, hey, they need a top, preferably right-handed, but a top-pairing, top-four defenseman that'll be good for the playoffs. that can play big-time minutes and help the Jets keep the puck out of the net. Well, the guys that they've had have been doing that all year long. The other one was, hey, do they have what it takes in the middle? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with Dubois leaving and not getting a center back, do they have a second-line center? And, you know, Cole Perfetti with the plan at the start of the year. Yep. Now, Cole kind of got run a few times by Vegas, in like the first week of the season. And they moved Nemestikov from the fourth line to the second line, and they just took off from there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, Vlad is such a versatile player um, and contributes in so many different ways. Um, and the thing is, the Jets play their fourth line a ton now because they've been good. Yeah. Um, so I, I think they're, if you looked at the team right now, I think people would probably lean towards another... You know, top-level player, and certainly Lindholm's name has come on quite a bit. That would be kind of on the wish list for uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. And ironically, considering the situation Calgary with kind of the crossroads they're at with a few players, I mean Chris Tanev has some ties back to yes. here. Um, you know, with the uh, with the moose, and yep. I mean when uh, yeah when when he got going, um, he is a guy that they absolutely love, uh, and. <laughs> Listen, I think we all know what Chris Tanner was made oh, of. Yeah. If, uh, if you're looking to add a defenseman <laughs> that can help you win in the playoffs, that'll do everything it takes to help a team, he's right at the top of that list. So, um, you know, not because I'm on in Calgary right now, I can tell you that those two players in particular seem to get the most mentions when we are talking about a potential add. Um, but I will say this the Jets are in a position of strength right now because when you look at them play night in and night out, there is no glaring holes in the lineup at all. And, um, you know, the price would need to be right, and there is a risk, like to your point, of maybe changing something that doesn't need to be changed.
1: Yeah. Uh, What are we uh, feeling with your Chiefs? You know, the rest and their guys, eight straight divisional titles. What's the confidence level heading into the postseason? I know it's it's been a bumpy ride to get to this point.
0: Yeah, it it has been. Um, Listen, I'm feeling a little bit better today than I was, say, uh, you know, a week or two ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Bottom line about the Chiefs is that their defense, and this is why everything that's happened on offense has been so damn frustrating this year. This is the best defense they've had in the Mahomes era. I mean, they (laughs) routinely are keeping, like, basically, if the Chiefs could just score 24 a game, they're probably winning almost every week. That hasn't happened enough right now. And, I mean, listen, it started in week one against Detroit. Canary is Tony can't catch. <laughs> and then some <laughs> other guys have followed suit. And it has been tough. However, as we get into the playoffs, when a lot of people have sort of written the Chiefs off, do that at your own peril. Oh yeah, Because Mahomes has a burr on his saddle. As I mentioned, you need defense to win in the playoffs. And the Chiefs have it right now. Uh, LeJerry Sneed somehow didn't get picked for the Pro Bowl. I'm sure that'll be another uh, prove-it moment when they get out <laughs> there in the playoffs. Now, we won't have the annual Arrowhead Invitational, a.k.a. the AFC Championship game in Kansas City uh, unless the Ravens lose and potentially whoever the two-seed is, Miami or Buffalo, lose. But, um, hey, Mahomes has been waiting for a chance. They They've been so good for so long that he's never had a chance to win a road playoff game. So, Maybe they can do that going forward, but uh, listen, the Ravens have looked so damn good; they absolutely are the team to beat. And um, we'll see what happens when they get going uh, a week from uh, a week from this weekend, when uh, things really count. I'm just hoping that we get a Joe Flacco and the Browns at Ravens game in round oh, two.
1: That would be that would be just uh, that would be a treat. And hey, you know, you're probably you're probably getting the AFC East runner up in the in that six game, so it could be Buffalo or Miami. So that'll be some fun. Either way, going into Arrowhead in the opening round of the playoffs, Andrew. Thank you so much for taking some time, uh, talking a little Jets with me, and uh, all the best uh, the rest of the way. And we'll sure we'll talk when uh, when Winnipeg rolls through here or Calgary, I guess, rolls through there uh, later on this year.
0: Yeah, you bet. Looking forward to it, and to give my best to my pal Steinberg. Of Hope course, he's doing well.
1: Of course, but he's, <laughs> he's just—he he won't stop. He's—he's a, he's a machine.
0: <laughs> no kidding. I'm sure he's <laughs> sleeping in uh, the lunchroom right now. <laughs> <laughs> For for, for the 45 minutes of shutdown he takes a day.
1: Exactly. Uh, Andrew, thanks so much, buddy. All the best on Winnipeg Sports Talk today.
0: Right on, buddy. Be well.
1: There you go. There you go. Andrew the Hustle Patterson over on Winnipeg Sports Talk. You can find him over on on YouTube talking all things uh, Jets and everything else around the sports world. He joined us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar Guest Hotline. Uh, Around the corner, we'll replay our conversation with Ross Tucker. It is a Calgary Flames game day. They're in the Music City taking on the Nashville Predators. That'll be. Uh, we'll be on there at five o'clock with your Flames talk pregame. Six o'clock puck drop with Derek and Megan right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Keep it locked right here.